Hey, my name is Bill. And my name is Danny. And we are a, a couple, couple of park, park hoppers. This past week, we headed over to Epcot for the start of the 2021 Flower and Garden Festival. We're going to touch on all the new decorations, which treats we tried during our first visit, and more right now. Let's, Let's hop, hop to, to it. I can't believe that we're back at Flower and Garden Festival. It seems like it was just yesterday. Uh, it wasn't. It was definitely not. <laughs> it was It was pre the world coming crashing down around us last March. Well, what's funny, not funny, but I was looking at some of the photos from our memory maker. <laughs> you said it was funny. Uh, well, not that funny. Uh, but I was looking at some of the photos from our memory maker and the last photos we had before the parks reopened were from Flower and Garden last Oof. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were. Wow, it, that's crazy. Like the very last ones were at that. Uh, Did you save them? Uh, no. You should have. I actually, I think that we still have the ability to save them because I think it was like on save the, them before they go away. I, I mean, we'll have to look and see. The day before the world turned upside down. Well, the day before or the last time we could have a photo pass photographer take photos of us without, without a mask. mask. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Oh, that's so depressing. But I still smile that's so in my, in well, my yeah. photo pass photos. But that's so depressing to think about that in like a couple of days, the last photos we have at Disney are going to be gone off of our My Disney Experience app. Yeah, I'm curious. With, without having a mask on. I'm honestly curious what day that was. Because the I park's mean, closed on the 15th. We didn't go on the 15th. We almost did, but we didn't go on the 15th. Yeah, we definitely didn't go the day before. We were just like, oh, it'll open again soon. <laughs> Four months. Yeah, I mean, at least it wasn't like the way Disneyland has been having to... Oh, man. Imagine having Walt Disney World closed for like an entire year right now. That's wild. So it was on March 11th of 2020 that wow. we took these last photos at um, at Epcot at uh, the Flower and Garden That's Festival. That's so crazy. Yeah, we're looking at it right now. That's so crazy. Mm. I can't wait till we take that photo again without a mask on. Look <laughs> we how, have to wear that same outfit and everything. Look how naked our faces look. Right? You got to wear that Epcot t-shirt and I got to wear that, that Disney World t-shirt hoodie thing. And we definitely got to take that picture again, exactly how we did it before, just to kind of like Dr. Strange it almost, like change the world back Turn to the back way time. it was. <laughs> and then maybe we could skip COVID altogether. Well, and the other thing we did after this was we ran over to Hollywood Studios and jumped on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Because that had just opened a week prior. Yeah. Because that opened on March 4th and the parks closed down on March 15th. That's so crazy. But we went over there and we went on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway thinking yeah. like, oh, we'll be back on this in like... Nothing could stop us now, except <laughs> for COVID. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> but yeah, um, on March 11th, that's the last time that we took photos at Disney without our masks off. Like, that masks weren't a thing. <laughs> COVID really hit that track switch on us. Uh, <laughs> we went, we went down that terrible track. <laughs> but we're back on track almost. We're getting there. And some really exciting stuff came out today during the Disney shareholders call. And uh, they did announce that Remy's Ratatouille Adventure would be uh, opening on October 1st, which is the official 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And so far, that's the only like new thing that we know that's opening like starting on October 1st. Right. Like there's nothing else that's new right. right no everything else has kind of been pushed back seemingly until 2022 or themed Correct. Like, like other things are at magic kingdom are like gonna be fun themed and festive right. but nothing's like attraction a new experience right so to say exactly and then the other big announcement from and it wasn't really an announcement it was more of like an estimation but uh, ceo bob chapek did say today during the shareholders call that they expect disneyland to be open by the end of april now, that's really, really exciting news and might be making you kind of raise your eyebrows a little bit because California just said, hey, you know, theme parks can open April 1st. But Bob Chapek did make it a point to say that, hey, you know, we've got to bring back 
10,000 plus furloughed cast members. Right. We've got to retrain them with all these new methods that Walt Disney World has implemented over the last seven months yeah. during all of this. And my understanding is they are going to, when they do open, it's going to be at 15%. And if the rumor is that it's going to be just California residents. Good. I completely Good. agree with you. Good. I completely agree. I want to go to Disneyland so bad. But not right now. No. Let's go when this is kind of in the past and, you know, we can kick dirt on the grave that is COVID. Yes. We, I definitely want to go to Disneyland for sure. But let's let them figure their stuff out first. Let's get past what we're in right now. And hopefully uh, a Disneyland trip is not too far in the future. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I actually totally agree with the fact that you know, they should only be allowing people in the state in because I will tell you that in my humble opinion that sometimes people who are vacationing are jerks. <laughs> and I yeah. mean that in the most like You're right, honest, loving way. The My problem is I have literally seen guests. Like one day I sat in front of the castle. I was just taking it all in, sitting there watching the crowds. And I kept seeing these obviously people vacationing, looking around for cast members and then having someone take photos for them when they knew a cast member wasn't looking with their masks off. Yeah. And I really wanted to, you know, say something out loud, but again, you I'm just gotta I, do the best to bite your lip. I don't wanna I don't wanna get kicked out of Disney right. for starting a confrontation. But my whole thing is when you're vacationing and you're behaving like that, that is unacceptable. Let California and Disneyland get on their feet. And I know it's not going to be an easy transition. Like it's, it's tough. And so be kind to the cast members and hopefully starting out with a really small capacity, you know, starting with people who are going to really appreciate being there and really want to follow all the rules. I feel like it'll be a smoother transition as you have, you know, people who are just, you know, kind of being jerks on vacation, which yeah. I hate to say it, but they exist. And oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I hate to, to talk about that, but I 100 percent support the idea that they should be only, you know, locals. Yeah. And so it, in, in a perfect world, hopefully you, you and I will be getting vaccinations in the near future and. Um, hopefully in a perfect world in early 2022, maybe we'll make our way to Anaheim and we'll get to go to Disneyland and, uh, maybe even in the future, fulfill my bucket list item of attending a D23 event. So we'll see. Hopefully we get it to Disneyland at some point and, um, hopefully they can figure their stuff out pretty quickly out there and open successfully. And we wish them all the best on the left coast. Yes. And I do want just a quick disclaimer. I do not believe all vacationers are jerks. I just want to say that I some. do see some people <laughs> who are obviously on vacation trying to skirt the rules and it makes it harder on those wonderful magical cast members. And we want them to have the best opening in Disneyland that they absolutely can. Well, speaking of opening, this past week, the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival opened. Yes. And we went right as it opened, and it was so much fun. We had a lot of great times there at Epcot, and we had we tried a bunch of food. We saw a bunch of amazing topiaries, some great decorations. We're going to talk all about that in this episode right now. So one thing that Disney has said is you can come to Walt Disney World and go to Epcot, and you can see what's budding from March 3rd to July 5th. <laughs> that is a budding! That is B-U-D-D. -D. I feel like I said it like butting. <laughs> no but intended. <laughs> um, that's a long festival. That's really long. It's four entire months. That was that, How long was the, the Food and Wine Festival when that opened? Because that opened right when the parks opened on July 15th. And when did that ended right before Festival of the Holidays, right? Yeah, but Festival of the Arts felt really fast. It, it did. It was only about a month. It was like a month yeah. and a week. But Food and Wine, I believe, was four months as well. So... Uh, and if that started on July 15th last year, and this festival is scheduled to end on July 5th, are we going to have that short little period and jump right back into food and wine again? I hope so. I love food and wine. I love both <laughs> of these festivals. Both these festivals have really great food. 
that's the thing about these festivals. Any time that you go to one of these festivals, um, you get just such an amazing different experience at Epcot. Yeah. Um, and it's so crazy that like we experienced this a year ago and now we're finally getting to enjoy like everything that this festival has to offer. Um, so for those of you guys who are listening, you might be going, okay, well, you know, I've heard of Flower and Garden Festival, but what exactly is it? Well, tell them what exactly what it is. Well, Flower and Garden Festival, you are able to attend a springtime event, a bloom with brilliant gardens, fresh flowers, lively entertainment, and more. All right. And you, there's also festival-exclusive merchandise that they have available. And topiary magic awaits. Discover spectacular topiaries of beloved animals and Disney characters cultivated with care by Disney horticulturists. Now, we got to walk around and see some of these topiaries we today. We did. They were really cool. What did you think of the topiaries? I think they're so impressive how you can turn plants into like really realistic looking characters. Like scary realistic. Yeah. And I don't I'm not sure how they do the faces, but like the hair and the clothes and everything are magic bill amazing. magic. Yes. Magic faces. Yes. Magic. Um but it's it's so impressive. You, you know, you see you know, really cool things like, you know, when you see ice sculptures that are like formed into faces and you see statues that have these amazing detailed costumes and faces. These people are doing it with flowers and bushes and topiaries and it's just it's so impressive and there's so many of them around you almost if you don't look for them you may miss them because because there's so many and they're not exactly like in your face when you're walking around um there's a few that right when you walk in there's a beautiful sorcerer mickey right at the entrance of epcot with a couple of the broomsticks from fantasia um, but then all around World Showcase and around Future World, there's topiaries everywhere you look. Yeah. I took a ton of pictures last week. I felt like, um, you know, Doug in Up, when he's running around, he's like, squirrel. I felt like, ooh, topiary. And I would like run off and go take pictures of them because right. they were just so cool and I want everybody to see them. Yeah. Like when you walk in and see Sorcerer Mickey, um, Anna and Elsa was another really cool one. I mean... Kermit and Miss Piggy. There's so many different topiaries that were just so impressive and they're everywhere, everywhere. Like if you are not paying attention, you will miss them though. Cause they also blend in so well with the atmosphere. They do. So, um, I love getting to see the topiaries. I feel like it brings a whole like earthy springtime feel to Epcot. Now, the next thing that they're offering at Flower and Garden are Global Gardens. And the Global Gardens, you can weave through dazzling flower beds, stumble upon exotic gardens, learn more about sustainable foods, and celebrate the ways we can live in harmony with the natural world. Now, I do have to say, I don't think we really did much of that. No, we were kind of focusing more on the food aspect of Flower and Garden today, and we were taking photos of the topiaries. But obviously, we just said that the Flower Garden Festival is going to go on for four months. Yes. So we're going to go back. So there, there's plenty of, of time to be able to do that. Yeah. I, um, I feel like I didn't realize that those gardens were available for us to look at on purpose. <laughs> as weird <laughs> as that sounds. Yeah. Um, because when you walk around Epcot, all of the foliage and all of like the... You know, the horticulturists do such a good job of setting ev everything up. And I guess I just didn't realize that some of it was like just there for flower and garden. But again, we also didn't take the time to search out those gardens. Right. So, I mean, I'm really I'm, I'm really excited to go back and check that out. Well, the, the best part about these festivals is that you can't do it all in one day. You've got to go multiple times and unfortunately sometimes if you're on vacation you're not able to do that so you spend your entire day at epcot which normally isn't really a thing i don't really spend my entire day at epcot when i usually go to epcot but when there's a festival going on there's so much to do that epcot is so much more worth going to yeah i mean and another thing that we really didn't stop to enjoy was the entertainment at epcot today. yeah that, that's there as well and usually it's a little different in the past uh, but this time, uh, 
there are some acts that are playing on the American Gardens Theater stage. Um, you still have the, the classic Mariachi Cobre. Who else do they have? They have the Voices of Liberty. Um, who else is there? Let's see, the Jammin' Gardeners. Oh, yeah, we saw them when we were walking by. It was almost like a, like a version of Stomp. Yeah, and they were over at the Canada Mill stage. Yeah, yep. They were they actually had a decent, like, you know, socially distanced crowd enjoying their show. Yeah, that was cool. They had, like, like flower pots that they were banging on. It was, it was really neat. I was really excited to see that because I don't, like, when you go to these festivals, you get to see like these groups and the this entertainment that you normally don't get to see. Um, another uh, like entertainment offering that we saw was a pianist in World Showplace. Yes. And I absolutely loved this lady, and I wish I could remember her name. I can't, but she's been at multiple festivals that we've gone to inside the World Showplace Pavilion, which is actually between... Uh, Canada and the UK. It's a giant show tent that's kind of tucked back in between the two pavilions. But there's always multiple booths in there. There's live music. Um, there was a great art gallery at Festival of the Arts that was in there. Yeah. Um, definitely go check that out if you're going to Flower and Garden and go check out our, our favorite pianist. Well, when we went last week, we actually, this lady, she was surrounded by sunflowers. Um, she was playing piano. She had the optimism of the sun. That's like the only thing I can like You're right. say. Yeah. And she played songs like Build Me a Buttercup, um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Rainbow, Rainbow Connection. Connection. Everything was just like, you Flowery, know. Flowery, colorful, themed songs. And she was so happy. She was. so, And so she put on a great show. She just really added to that atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. When you're sipping drinks and, or wine and, and tasting some food inside this tent, the, the live piano is such a great little ambiance uh, add-on uh, that I really do enjoy when they have her there playing some music. Yeah. Now, one thing that we definitely went for um, last week was... We went for the outdoor kitchens, um, and this is what most people go for when they go to um, to these festivals. And um, on the Disney site, it says, bring the garden to your table and sample dishes, desserts, and sips. I do like a good sip. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but we love walking around at Epcot and trying all of these offerings when we go to these festivals. Um, and we got to actually try a lot last time we were there. So do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so we entered the main part of Epcot from the parking lot. So we walked by Spaceship Earth and over by Test Track. And the first booth that we hit was the Epcot Sunshine Griddle. It's over in uh, Future World East. Like I said, it's right near Test Track. Uh, I believe it's in the um, I can't remember. It's the old cooled zone or whatever it is with the yes. with the uh, the drinks that you could make the mix the Coke and all that stuff. Um, I can't remember. Forgive me, Disney fans. I am sorry. And I, I forget think, the name of it. I think um, Club Cool or something. Oh, like that. Oh, Club Cool. That's what it was. And then there was also a. Um, it. I think the little booth was called the Donut Box. Oh yes, yes. So yes. I think it was right in that area, right mm -hmm. near. Um, Test track. Test track. And yes. mission space. So we got a couple things to kick off there. And we got, first off, the corned beef brisket hash with house-made potato barrels, onions, peppers, cheese curds, and a soft poached egg with Tabasco hollandaise. Now, this dish, when I was reading the food and wine um, festival passport, I'm sorry, flower and garden festival passport, um, this is the first dish that caught my eye because... I think I think it was was a festival of the holidays where we had those corned beef nachos. Yes, because it was not. I it think was not so. the last one. No, I, I, I believe it was festival of the holidays. We're gonna have to go back in the fifty-two episodes that we've done <laughs> and try to remember exactly yeah. what we ate. Uh, I believe it was festival of the holidays, but there was a dish there where we had corned beef nachos and they were spectacular. So when I saw that there was another corned beef offering with. Uh, with potato barrels, a.k.a. tater tots, uh, onions, peppers, cheese curds, an egg, and some hollandaise sauce, I was 100% in on trying that. And since it was right near the entrance, we walked right over there. And what did you think of the corned beef brisket hash? I am thinking that I don't remember there being potatoes in that. There was the, the homemade, the big the hush puppy type thing. That was a potato homemade potato barrel. That was a potato barrel? Yeah. 
Oh, I thought that was a like a hush puppy. No, it was like a big tot. What? Yeah, that didn't taste like a potato. I mean, (laughs) it was super good, but I I feel like I now there were house made potato barrels. They weren't like the ones you get out of a bag of the freezer. You know what I was thinking? I think that whenever we get like tater tots at Disney, they always call them potato barrels. Yeah, because they have to be generic. Yeah. Huh. Um, I really, really liked this. I did too. Um, I thought that all of this had a very good flavor altogether. Um, I will say that I don't know if I would get this again. Oh, I would. The only reason being that once we, because we walked someplace to go eat this. Yeah, we walked all the way by the Epcot Experience, almost down towards Mexico to find a table. Uh, because we were just kind of wanted to start our journey into World Showcase. Um, and so we ended up walking a little bit to find a table, and it kind of cooled off by then. And um, I think I know what you're going to say, where the, the bottom of the dish got a little soggy. Yeah, my food was just like, it was just very wet. And I feel like... I think a big problem, uh, or the problem that uh, that arose in this dish was because of the uh, the onions and the peppers, I think when they're stored waiting to plate them, I think they're just in like a, a thing that you scoop them out of. Right. And there might be some juices that are kind of hanging out in there. And when they get scooped onto the dish, they may not be strained properly. And I think because the juice tasted a lot like peppers and onions to me, um, mixed with the hollandaise sauce. And the soft poached egg and once the soft that was broken. Egg, I think that... Those four things combined made the dish a little bit soggy, but I thought the flavors were really good, and I would definitely give it another chance to see if I didn't have it as soggy the second time, and I would eat it a little bit sooner. I think I would give it another try. Um, I just normally I'm not a big fan of when, like, by the time I get to the bottom, it's just like soupy almost. But the entire thing wasn't soupy. It was just the the bottom that was, you know, in the. The, the, the liquids that were combined on the bottom of the of the plate. Yeah. I mean, I, it was very good flavors, just not the um, texture I was expecting. Okay. Now, the other thing we had at that booth was the fried cinnamon roll bites. And these had cream cheese frosting and candied bacon on top. So one of the things that kind of caught my eye was the candied bacon, because I don't know if I've ever had candied bacon before. Did you ever get the candied bacon in Magic Kingdom? No. You, do you know the one I'm talking about? I know about? exactly what you're talking about. The one that's like a candy bar size piece of yeah, bacon? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, but that's one thing that never really appealed to me. Yeah. So I thought maybe with uh, with cinnamon and then the frosting, I thought maybe candied bacon would really add a lot to this dish. And to be honest with you, I don't think the candied bacon did anything to this dish because this fried cinnamon roll bites were kind of like a, almost like an egg roll consistency. They were really crunchy, really, um, really, really nice and fresh, and they were hot too. And the cream cheese frosting was really nice inside. There was kind of like cinnamon mixed into that. Right. And I thought those two items alone on the dish were spectacular together. And I think the candied bacon just added a little more crunch, but not so much flavor. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. These were delicious. Um, I thought it was almost like a the cousin of a churro yeah, is what yeah, it reminded exactly. me of. Exactly. It was like a churro meets an egg roll kind of. Yeah. And one thing I really liked about this was that it wasn't too sweet. And one thing that I know that we have found in the past at Disney is sometimes their desserts are very sweet to, very the, to sweet. the point where we'll have a couple bites and be like, all right, we're done. But we're not like Like that dessert- red velvet. Uh, oh, I loved Funnel that, cake though. that we talked about that, on our previous that, episode. Um, that, was, that was really good. It was good. way too much frosting. I really liked that. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like we're not big dessert people. And so this was something that was right up our alley. Yeah. But I f- also feel like anything that's like has cinnamon and like cream cheese is just like, you know, can, can, you, can you go wrong with that? I don't think no, you can. I, I don't think you can. So I, I liked both items we had at this place. Yeah. They, those were delicious. And that was a pretty good serving, too. There was three good-sized uh, cinnamon sticks. Yes. They're like three good-sized ones. Like She and I split it, and there was plenty for both of us. And for those of you guys who um, don't want candied bacon, they will give it to you without candied bacon. Right. Because there was a guest in front of us who asked for it, and then they accidentally gave it to him with it, and they went back and, you know... 
got him one without the bacon sprinkled on top. So if you are not a big fan of bacon or candied bacon, they, they can do that for you. Right. Um, World Showplace was uh, a place that we really wanted to visit, and that's the big show tent between Canada and the UK. And so because of that, we ended up going right when we got into Future World. We always go right. We, we almost always go right. And, but because of World Showplace and the, the couple of things we wanted to try in there, we ended up going right so we weren't too full by the time we got there. Yeah. And at first I was like, let's go left. And then we were like, wait, there's more stuff that we want on the right. Exactly. So let's go right. <laughs> exactly. So the first place we stopped as we went right on World Showcase was the Northern Bloom booth, and which is in Canada. And the dish we tried there was the beef tenderloin tips with mushroom bordelaise sauce and whipped potatoes with garden vegetables. What did you think of this dish? I actually forgot about this until um, you just read it to me. <laughs> and But it wasn't forgettable. It wasn't forgettable. It was so good. It was really good. The beef was delicious. Um, the vegetables were like cooked perfectly. Yep. Um, the mushroom borl. I cannot. I think it's bordelaise. I can never pronounce any yeah. of this stuff. Um, the sauce was exquisite, and wow. the whipped potatoes. She used the e word. Yeah, the whipped potatoes were absolutely delicious, and I love mashed potatoes. Yes, I, I don't like just any mashed potatoes. I like you know good like real mashed potatoes. Flavorful mashed potatoes. So I really really like this. I would definitely get this again what did you think about this there was a good portion you know usually sometimes at these festivals you, you kind of get some smaller portions but the the entire little cardboard boat tray thing that they give you was pretty much full with food uh at, with this uh with this choice from canada the beef tenderloin tips were exactly it's in their name they were very tender they were very flavorful uh the sauce i would agree was ex exquisite and the uh, the whipped potatoes were really nice. Everything melded together beautifully. And I got a little bit of vegetable and tip and, and Bordelais sauce and potato in every bite. And it was thoroughly enjoyable. And this is this would top uh, or come near the top of my uh, list so far of stuff that we've tried from Flower and Garden. I will say that um, that dish is one of the reasons that I like to come to these festivals to try things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's something that I always like trying something that when I eat it, I'm like, I would have that as a full dish, like as a meal. Sure. Um, so I really, really like that. And that was something we got on the way to World Showplace, which mm -hmm. World Showplace for us is always, always a hit. For the most part, I would yeah. say. They had the greatest booth of all time during food and wine was that mac and cheese booth. Oh, my gosh. Inside so <laughs> the World Showplace with that uh, with that boars and cheese. And, the, and they had the buffalo chicken mac and cheese. They had the lobster mac and cheese. Oh, man, that was amazing. I cannot wait for that to come back. Hopefully. I hope so. I, and it was funny because sometimes like people would be like, oh, I had the mac and cheese and I wasn't a fan. I was like, are you crazy? We yeah. hit that booth every time <laughs> we were there. Seriously, though, we, like, we were making rounds around and trying to try stuff at Food and & Wine. And every time we walked past World Showplace, we were like, let's go get mac and cheese. Let's go get a cake pop. Let's keep going getting the things that we've gotten before because they were so good. <laughs> It was so good. But what did they have at World Showplace um, last week? So there was a, a few things that we tried at World Showplace. Uh, we actually went to two different booths inside there. I went to one, you went to the other. And um, shout out to our friend Taylor. We were walking uh, in World uh, in World Showcase, walking around. And one of the cool parts about living down here, um, you run into people that you know sometimes at the parks. And it's not just like you're running into a stranger on vacation or somebody that you haven't seen in a while. It's just, you know, friends that are here. So shout out to Taylor. And she actually joined us on our journey the rest of the way around World Showcase. So shout out to her. But we went into World Showplace and we tried a bunch of different things. But the first thing that we tried was the beef brisket burnt ends and smoked pork belly slider with garlic sausage, chorizo, cheddar fondue with a house-made pickle. What did you think about this? I think this is the best thing we had. I 100% so agree. I thought that this was absolutely delicious. Um, we actually ended up getting two because at this point <laughs> we hadn't really like eaten a bunch. Yeah. 
um, for the day and we were both pretty hungry. And so for this, I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And it was. It was. It uh, was. It's it's a really cool presentation, too. It's kind of hard to describe on a podcast, but it's a slider that had the, uh, the beef brisket burnt ends, the pork belly, and the chorizo in it. And then on top of the slider, there was a, uh, a garlic sausage, and then there was a house-made pickle with sauce drizzling down the entire thing, and all of it was on a skewer. So it was a really cool presentation, too. It was a really good-looking dish. Would you get this again? On 100%. I feel like I would get this again, but I might like want to share it so I can continue trying other things I have Sure, haven't yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. But it was definitely good to get again. Oh, absolutely, sure. I would get this again. Uh, the brisket had great flavor. The pork belly was pretty good. The garlic sausage was really good. Um, and then the cheddar fondue was a really nice touch. And even the house-made pickle was really good. And at first, I thought it kind of tasted sweeter than most pickles, kind like of a like a bread and butter pickle. Blech. But I think it might have <laughs> been the, the fondue that was kind of masking or, or mixing with the pickle because you said it wasn't a bread and butter pickle. So I have a thing that when something isn't supposed to be sweet and it's sweet, it just like throws me off. And I love pickles, but I don't like bread and butter pickles. So I was, when I first bit into it, I was like, please don't be a bread and butter pickle. But um, it would just, it did kind of have like the undertones of a bread and butter pickle. <laughs> sweet undertones. <laughs> sweet Like under- my voice. <laughs> sweet undertones. Sweet pickle undertones. Sweet undertones. <laughs> but I, I really, really liked it. I, I actually wish I could have gotten like a full pickle. Like I do at the movies. Yeah. Which is a thing in Texas. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. They get pickles at the movie theater. That's so weird. Um, but like Danny said before, one of the cool things about these festivals is that you try things that you wouldn't normally try. And our friend Taylor that I referenced actually got the fried green tomatoes with blue crab fennel salad, remoulade, and smoked paprika oil. It's something that I would not have ordered, and I don't think you would have either. But because she got it, we tried a piece of it, and it was really good. I think that when we go back, um, I would really like to get like a full serving of this. Yeah, I would definitely try that again. Because that's definitely not something that I would have gotten on my own. A fried green tomato just sounds gross. Yeah, it sounds very like country. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it was it was excellent. the The seasoning on the outside of the uh, the fried uh, part of the green tomato was really good, and the crab on top was really really nice as well. Yeah. Um. So both of the things from that particular booth were really good. But now but we got wait, it. There's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> um. We were still in World Show Place, and we're going to talk about the food item that I snagged. Yeah. Which. I'm going to say, when I went to go get this, I thought it was going to be amazing. And one thing about our show, guys... I just buried the lead. No. Um, <laughs> one, one thing about our show is we're going to be honest with these reviews. We, we are not a shill. We do not say everything is great and wonderful and, and magical. Yeah. This dish, which was the house-made potato and cheddar biscuit with salmon tartare, what are your thoughts on that? So, I... We love our sushi. We love, you know, our seafood. I love salmon. So I will say the salmon tartare was very fresh. Yes. It had like a lemony zest to it. Yeah, that's a perfect Um, way to describe it. And it was was very, very good. However. However. The potato and cheddar biscuit. What happened there? Yeah, it was not good. We, We like potatoes. We like cheddar. What? What? What would you do to that biscuit? Well, when you when you have a biscuit made of potato and cheddar, you would expect it to be, at least be warm, if not hot. And yeah. it was cold. And it did not have the consistency of potatoes or cheddar. And it did not taste like potatoes or cheddar. It didn't have enough flavor. I didn't know what it tasted like. It just tasted like nothing. And we tried it like separate from the salmon and then with the salmon, like right. some of the salmon also. And I think we took like a bite or two of it and then we're like, no. <laughs> and so that we just kind of stopped eating the biscuit and enjoyed the rest of the salmon tartare, which was very good. Yes, that was really good. But um, I would definitely not get this again. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Um, I don't remember exactly what the cost was because it doesn't list them in the Flower and Garden Festival passports. But um, I, it was not worth the price just to eat the salmon I want to say it was around $5 because... For everything we got, 
it would have been about like from that booth. I think it was if I divided it by three, I think it was about five bucks. Yeah. Which isn't bad for like as much salmon as they gave you. Yeah. But also like I'd rather them give me like crackers or something. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. If not that. Just salted crackers would have been better than that biscuit. Yeah. So I would say um, nay to the to nay. <laughs> nay to the nay. house made potato and cheddar <laughs> biscuit. Well, one of the cool things about these festivals is that it's not just food offerings at these booths. Usually there's an alcoholic and a non-alcoholic uh, offering, and then there's dessert offerings as well. And inside World Showplace, two things caught my eye because I love hard ciders, especially when they're flavored hard ciders. And so we saw these two drinks on the menu at World Showplace. The first one was Three Daughters Brewing, pink lemonade hard cider out of St. Petersburg, Florida. And the other one was Bold Rock Watermelon Hard Cider out of Nellysford, Virginia. And you can get these in a 6-ounce or a 12-ounce. And we ended up going with the 6-ounce just so we could taste them. Right, exactly. And if you like it, then next time you go to Flower and Garden or if you want another serving, you can get a bigger one. But the 6-ounce was a perfect size for us to try because we weren't sure what they would taste like. Um, but which one did you like better? So I did like the watermelon better. I will say that all of the stuff that we were trying at the table was overpowering the flavors Completely of the agree. cider. Yep. Um, the watermelon almost tasted just like an adult Capri Sun to me. Like it just, it didn't taste like alcohol. Yeah. Um, and then the pink lemonade I thought was really tasty. It was just, it tasted much sweeter than the yes. watermelon. It, it was definitely much sweeter, which I think is why I liked it. Although the first sip that I took of the watermelon cider, like you said, com- was completely masked by the food that we had just eaten because mm-hmm. I didn't taste watermelon at all Neither in did my I. first sip. But then when I had another sip afterwards, I definitely tasted the watermelon. So definitely cleanse your palate a little bit if you're going to try drinks in addition to the food um, and before you make your your reviews in your brain. <laughs> But um, I liked the pink lemonade one a little bit better. I thought it was a little bit sweeter. And I'm, I'm a pink lemonade fan to begin with and a cider fan to begin with. So when you mesh those two worlds together, then it's it sounds like a good concoction to me. Yeah, I, I liked the pink lemonade. I will say that, like, for me, when I like my lemonade, I usually like like fresh squeezed lemonade with, like, the little, like, pieces of lemon okay, still in sure. it. So this was a little bit... Um, it was good, but it just wasn't my favorite. I would definitely get the watermelon hard cider again. Like if I we, you know, Ubered over to Epcot and I was going to grab a drink and this was still available, I would definitely get that in like a 12 ounce and, you know, enjoy that, especially as it gets hot outside. Yeah. Like a watermelon cider when it's hot outside. That sounds amazing. That does sound really good. And would you get the uh, pink lemonade again? I would. I would definitely get a 12 ounce too. I, it, I thought it was really, really tasty. I love all kinds of flavored ciders. The, there's a there's a blood orange cider that they served in the Epcot Experience Building um, before the pandemic. I haven't gone in there to try one since, but that was my favorite cider I've ever had at Epcot. So I, I really like the hard, the hard ciders, especially the flavored ones, and I would definitely go for that pink lemonade one again. Well, I really enjoyed being at World Showplace, but we decided to continue on. Um, the next thing that we tried was we went over to Morocco, and we tried the Moroccan seafood couscous with shrimp, mussels, olives, preserved lemons, and anchovy breadcrumbs. Now, that sentence... Sounds very interesting. Well, that's what... Almost gross. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the thing was, there were a couple... There was that, and then there was, like, boiled or baked eggs. There was, like, an egg dish. Yeah, I know know what you're talking about. I'm flipping through right now to try to find it. Uh, It was shakushka, and it was Moroccan baked eggs in a spiced eggplant and tomato stew. So... I wanted to try both of those. I like getting adventurous with stuff near Morocco because Morocco usually puts out good stuff. I totally agree with that. Um, Except uh, unless it's the hummus fries and they give them to you at the booth and they get soggy. (laughs) Yeah, the hummus fries don't need anything on top of it. Just get the hummus fries as is with the dipping sauce and they're spectacular. Yes, get them at the bar in Morocco. Exactly. Um, But what did you think about this Moroccan dish? I was very pleasantly surprised with this. I I wasn't a huge fan of the consistency of the couscous. It just kind of tasted like small little 
like pebbles almost. <laughs> but, mm, pebbles. But like I thought, I was expecting more of like a soft consistency, whereas right. this was kind of like a uncooked, like tiny pasta ball consistency. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the dish was spectacular. Uh, I really liked the mussels. They had two giant mussels in there. Danny had one. I had one. And they were really good. As a, as a native New Englander and a seafood nut, the mussels were excellent. The shrimp was spectacular. Yeah, that was so good. The sauce that the shrimp was in was really good. Um, I don't remember seeing olives in there. I ate all they, of them. Okay, there. well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that you were like eating around them and I was like, every time you handed it to me, I was like, mm, where's the olives? These was, are so yummy. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to get a little bit of everything on uh, on the spoon. So um, do you remember when like it came with like three shrimp and I was like, here, you can have that one. And then you ate the shrimp. I definitely got a scoop of like olives and couscous. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's probably where they all went. Gotcha. But the it doesn't describe what the sauce was, but it was it was like a red sauce. They should have just said a delightful Moroccan sauce. Yeah, it, because it was really good. It melted the dish together wonderfully. So definitely try that Moroccan seafood couscous at the uh, Taste of Marrakesh, the Morocco booth. So one thing I did want to say about this dish is this is one of those dishes that if I could go to a restaurant at Epcot and get it, yeah. I would order it. Same. And it's something that I probably wouldn't have ordered, like just going to Disney and being like, ooh, let me get that dish with like, you know, all this stuff that I don't know if it tastes good together. But I would definitely like want to get this as like a meal on a day that I was like, hey, I'm just going to eat at Epcot. You know, I'm going to eat one meal, not like a bunch of tiny ones. Right. Uh, what about you? What did you think? I would definitely, I completely agree with you. I would definitely order a full size entree version of that dish. Give me like five or six mussels and like six or seven shrimp and all that stuff underneath it. And yeah, oh yeah, I'm a happy boy. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. Well, Morocco never disappoints nope. is what we're learning. Nope. Um, and then after that, we headed over to, I believe, our last place that we got food. It was. We did not want to roll the rest of the way around World Showcase and yeah. have somebody roll us home. So we ended up stopping eating in Japan because, like we said, the festival goes on for four months. We have plenty of time to try everything. We don't have to do it all in one day. And we will. <laughs> and so we made our last food stop in Japan. And according to Taylor, this is a past item that is a fan favorite. Yeah. And I had never had it before. I don't think you've had had it before. Not that I remember. But it was fruit sushi, a.k.a. sushi or frushi. There you go. Frushi. In, yeah, frushi. <laughs> fruit sushi, a.k.a. frushi. Doesn't roll off the tongue no, very well. No, it does well. <laughs> not. From the Hanami booth in Japan. And inside the sushi, the frushi, wow, the frushi... Uh, it just doesn't roll off. The, it doesn't roll off the top. I was well. going to edit everything out, but I'm just going to leave it in because it's funny. Uh, <laughs> Frushi. Um, it it consisted of strawberry, pineapple, and cantaloupe wrapped in sweet rice and pink soy wrap, served with whipped cream, driz drizzled berry sauce, and toasted coconut. And I was very pleasantly surprised with this. I really like this. Um, I think that. One thing that Taylor said was that having the frushi, the frushi, the frushi, <laughs> um, when it's hot outside is like, you know, chef's kiss. Exquisite. Exquisite. <laughs> um, and I really want to do that. I yeah. really, I, I would very much like to have the frushi like on a hot day because it was very refreshing. Well, you think about it, you know, how often you, you have like ice cold strawberries or pineapple or cantaloupe on a hot day that they are very refreshing. They're really fun to eat. And all that stuff kind of mended together in a sweet rice form wrapped in soy wrap um, with whipped cream, of course, and some drizzled berry sauce. It was just like frushy magic. Yes. And it, it was really, really good. And that was the first time I've had it. And I would definitely get that again. Um, the And then the other thing that we tried was kind of along the same lines. In, in Japan booths have not disappointed us to date. We have had Christmas tree sushis. We've had sushi donuts. We've had, um, uh, you've had uh, uh, the ramen dish oh, the ramen that you so really good. liked. Yes. Japan is always a must yes. for these festivals. 
And this uh, this last dish that we got was the shrimp and crab with spicy mayo and cucumber slices finished with creamy avocado and violent sauce. And one note that I put in our little thing here was scoop, don't stab. Because it was hilarious watching the three of us eat the three pieces of oh this gosh. on the table. Taylor picked it up and it was falling off of her fork. I started to stab it and saw it falling apart, so I scooped it. And then Danny almost lost hers as well. So I went underneath it and scooped it, and I still ended up losing it on my hand. I had fruit sauce and wasabi on my hand for about 10 minutes because there, <laughs> wasn't, a, there wasn't a napkin station right there. But um, what I did have of the uh, of this dish was really good. The shrimp and crab was excellent together. Spicy mayo is always a really nice touch. And uh, the cucumber slice was good. Avocado was good. And I'm not quite sure what violet sauce was. I think there was like that little dab of the, the purple stuff that was yeah, on the plate. I don't, know I don't what remember that was. what that tasted like. Probably I can't like, really review it. Um, probably like something mixed with like a flower. It is flower and garden. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I thought that was really good as well. What do you think? I really liked this. I feel like if I was going to Epcot or like... Um, like park hopping and I wanted something that wasn't like too heavy I would definitely get this because it was just you know you've got something really light and flavorful and then if you get it with your frushi like frushi? <laughs> you've got a really like nice That's combo yeah frushi. Frushi? <laughs> <laughs> I would a hundred percent get this again and I feel like um I don't know I feel like I would almost want to you know, have that as part of like, like my own because it was just so like yeah. yummy and refreshing. And I mean, give me a full roll of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, not quite a roll. What would you call that? It was well, like, yeah. Oh, I was I was thinking about the frushi. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was kind of like stacked on uh, on the cucumber slices. It was just like a lump of crab and shrimp. It was like the Japanese version of like a cracker with like chicken salad. Yeah, there you go. Like I would 100% get this again. For sure. So like we said, we didn't want to roll all the way home and roll the rest of the way around World Showcase. So we stopped eating in Japan, but we do have four more months of Flower and Garden to be able to enjoy so much more stuff, whether it be food, drinks, dessert, anything. And did you have something to say? I do. There's some stuff that I'm so yes, excited to yes, do good that call. we I almost did, forgot about that this. we didn't get. I did not forget because I, you're the best. I loved you're, you're the my frushi. Oh, I want that on a card <laughs> or a T-shirt. Oh, geez. Um, but what I'm excited about is if you listen to one of our earlier episodes, we actually did the, at a festival of the arts, we found Figment all over the parks and got a prize for finding him. And they actually have one of these, from my understanding, for um, all of the festivals. And I'm actually going to go through the one I want to do and then actually a couple other things that I didn't even realize they were going to have. It's fun for kids of all ages. Including Danny's. Frushy. Danny's. <laughs> and Bill's. And you, the listener. Um, but Spike's Pollination Exploration. And this is throughout the park. And the description is, in the springtime scavenger hunt, gardeners of all ages can follow Spike on his pollination trail where he will be busy collecting nectar and pollinating gardens at Epcot. So this is just like the other one, the other scavenger hunt where they give you like a little plate and then there's stickers and then you have to put like where you find um, Spike. So and then at the end you get a prize. That's cool. And I kind of wanted to do that today and then I forgot. And so and then once you're kind of like already, you know, halfway through your Epcot day, you're like, eh, I'll, I'll do that another day. So that's a scavenger hunt I'm really excited about doing while supplies last. Um, a limited time scavenger hunt beginning March 19th is an extravaganza scavenger hunt throughout World Showcase. Join a colorful, colorful Easter egg hunt inspired by Disney characters. That sounds fun. I'm. I'd be down for that for sure. Oh, so you'll search for eggs and weren't, and you're not excited about finding Easter egg spike? hunts are awesome. <laughs> Well, I'm excited about both of them. So we're going to have to do both of them in, for science. I used to find chocolate and jelly beans and sometimes money inside of Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. My, my sisters I and Disney I... I don't think Disney would give away money, though. No, my sisters and I used to have a very uh, 
semi-fun, violent Easter egg hunt every <laughs> Easter morning, just whacking yeah. each other out of the way, trying to find, find the money. Find that beloved dollar. Yeah. Well, we would like... <laughs> Maybe an Abraham Lincoln every once like in a while. We would stuff the eggs, and then the Easter bunny would hide them. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> hey! <laughs> not, not cool. Um, but we used to like push each other and sometimes it'd be like there was one penny in here and it was always so much fun but i'm excited to do this at disney this yeah. is gonna be really cool to see um a couple other things that they've got going on a discovery experience beginning in april growing the future presented by Murata electronics growing the future watch science from scientists friends in a fun and fascinating experience that explores how cutting-edge technology Paired with agricultural science can transform the way we seed, seed the future. Seed the future. Seed the future. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I want to do it. Yeah. And that begins in April, halfway through the festival. Yeah. It's, this festival is so long. They're just going to have like different offerings as time goes on. Mm -hmm. um, interactive gardens. So there's going to be two of these. The Goodness Garden Butterfly House presented by GoGo Squeeze. Future World West near the land. Observe several species of butterflies up close in a kaleidoscope of color. Closes at dusk. You know what's my favorite part about this butterfly house? What? Especially this year and the way they're doing the character appearances. You know what's right next to the butterfly house? What? Where Winnie the Pooh appears with a butterfly net. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen him with his butterfly net yes, yet. Yes, we did. We saw him the night we were at Epcot he with my sister. He didn't have his butterfly net. Well, no, because it was dark and he was going inside. No, I, I haven't seen him with his butterfly net yet. Christopher Robin wanted him back inside. Yeah, he didn't want to get lost in the dark. Exactly. But I'm excited to see that and Winnie the Pooh with his butterfly net. Yeah. Um, and last, the Healthful Trail presented by Advent Health. And this is going to be at Future World West between Refreshment Port and Imagination. Delight in a whimsical area made to inspire youthful energy and creativity. The whole family can learn ways to stay healthy at this outdoor kitchen and garden along the Imagination Walkway. You sounded like the Dream Finder when also, you started reading that. Also, Delight in a whimsical area made to inspire youthful energy and creativity. Also, Figment. Also closes at dusk. <laughs> um, but... Yes, I I didn't mean to, but it it just I, I was love it. I was inspired. I, think it's great. I was inspired. It's a great way to end the episode. So I do want to say that like all of those things, I a hundred percent want to do. Yeah. Because one thing I will say is when you come here on vacation, and if you're spending like a half a day at Epcot, or you know maybe you're not spending as much time at Epcot, you don't really take the time to do those things. Right. And. I love that we get, you know, the opportunity to be able to do this. So go several times to make sure we fully experience the festival. Yes. So I'm very much looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to walking through the gardens. I'm looking forward to getting to see um, all of the different offerings and try all the different food. Um, I'm just so excited that we're getting to experience flower and garden again. And there's over the next four months, there's going to be so much more fun to be had. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all other podcast platforms. Be sure to follow at Park Hopper Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now join over the 10,000 people following us on TikTok. Again, keep an eye out on all of our social media platforms for all things theme park news. For easy access to all of our content and to visit our merchandise store, visit a couple of parkhoppers.com. And until next time, we'll, we'll see, see you around, around the, the parks. parks.